Hello, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 131, and today we are opening up the book of 1 Peter. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Okay, so Erin, what is something that you've been listening to this summer that you've enjoyed? Okay, well, you had to add the you enjoyed. Oh, um, maybe that's no, interesting. No, I'm just kidding. I have enjoyed <laughs> it. But the thing I've been listening to most this summer is the songs for our church is doing a summer oh Bible gosh. club. <laughs> and yes. I'm in charge of it. And the songs, I've been memorizing the songs. <laughs> and they get so stuck in your head. And so I have been enjoying it. Yes, that was just a little yes. quick. But they're they're definitely stuck in my head they're catchy they are. cadence has been working on those too yeah. and they're fun they're lots of fun and i will give you props like you've got them down <laughs> like the motion i like get really you into it got them down <laughs> i mean if you're gonna do it you're gonna do it right yeah you're gonna you know? do it all the way yes all what about way. you what have you been listening to so i have been listening the village church well is it even part of the village anymore i don't even know it was a village church podcast i don't know if it is anymore it's called um culture matters mm-hmm And I've listened to it some on and off throughout the years, but they're doing a series on mental health. Mm -hmm. And the first part of the series has been on anxiety. Mm -hmm. And if you've listened for any amount of time, you know that that's something that I struggle with. And it has been such a blessing to me to hear different stories of some of the pastors that Mm -hmm. have struggled with anxiety, um, where we can go to in scripture to see what Jesus says about anxiety, like in the Sermon on the Mount, where that anxiety can come from, the different spectrums they talk about. sin and suffering and Mm -hmm. how there's different types of anxiety. It has just been, it's been huge for me and it's been so encouraging. Um, they've, they've talked a lot about like, um, how in your anxiety, like you feel like you might, you might feel like you're not doing very well in the battle, but just the fact that you're like listening to that Mm -hmm. podcast Mm -hmm. says something and that like, I just started crying on my walk because Mm -hmm. a lot of days I wake up and I'm like, I'm failing at this God. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm letting, I'm letting the devil win this battle and I don't want to. Um, but it was encouraging to my heart to hear that like, no, like the fact that I am fighting says something. And so it's just been a real encouragement to me. And, um, so yeah, that's what I've been enjoying along with my normal true crime, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, I don't listen to true crime. That would not be good for me. And I always like pair that with my anxiety and I'm like, I promise that has nothing to do with my anxiety. It really doesn't. Oh my goodness. Okay. So today we're going to dive into the background, the intro to first Peter. And the first two verses, and the first which two doesn't verses. sound like a lot, but those two verses are packed full of doctrine. Yes. So here so we go. So let's start big picture. We yes. talked about this a little bit on last week's episode, yep. but if we always want to start with context. So where are we? So we start big picture. Where are we in the whole story of scripture, which we've classified kind of as creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And so first Peter's right there after Jesus has lived, died, resurrected, and is sitting at the right hand of God, but before he comes and restores and makes all things new, which also happens to be 
where we are in the grand story of scripture. Thousands of years later. So even though it seems like this is so long ago, you know, I don't know the time or place, you know, I wasn't there at that time and place, but it is still in the big story, the same chapter we're in. So I think that's kind of encouraging Mm -hmm. and helps us when we come to the text. Oh, for sure. So let's zoom in a little bit. Let's talk about more about the author, the audience in the time period. Yeah. So the author, this book actually makes it pretty easy because in verse one, it says, Peter wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> but believe it or not, this is still up for debate in some <laughs> circles. But we're going to go with Peter wrote this. Okay. <laughs> like we're just going to stick with it. Um, and it says he's an apostle of Jesus. So he was one of the 12 disciples that lived and walked with Jesus while he was on earth. And an apostle is kind of defined as one that has been or had been with Jesus and was specifically commissioned for ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was preparing for this podcast, I listened to uh, Nancy Guthrie's podcast on how how to teach teach the the Bible. Bible. Yeah. Um, and she had John Piper on to talk about first Peter. And this was really interesting to me. He said, let Peter tell us in his letter, what we need to know about him. Don't overthink his past because Peter has kind of a, um, ups and downs, ups and downs. I heard several people turn to, uh, refer to it as like vacillating, like back Mm. and forth, back, back and forth. Um, and so he said, don't focus on that too much. Because you can you can kind of get caught up in that, but mm. that this is really freeing because we can remember that what Peter is writing is inspired by the Holy Spirit, yeah. and we don't have to know like we don't have to write a dissertation on Peter's life to understand this letter. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's the same way with any book of the Bible. I think sometimes, especially when we are being good students of the Word, we can get stuck on okay, exactly where is it on the map that he wrote this, mm-hmm. and exactly. What year was it? And we can just get kind of too focused on that sometimes. And so it's important to kind of take a step back and remember why we're studying scripture to begin with. Like we talked about last week, that overflow of the gospel to be in relationship with God. Um, And um, yeah, so that's just that's just something important to keep in mind. Piper did agree, though, not to get too focused on it. Um, But Piper did agree. It's important to have some context, like we've talked about. It definitely is important to have some context. So if you don't know anything about Peter, you can go back and read. In the Gospels, there's there's a lot about Peter. And then Mm -hmm. in Acts, um, there's some things about Peter. He was a fierce defender of Jesus, so fierce that he even cut off a man's ear. When they came to arrest Jesus, he cut off an ear for him. But then within 24 hours, he was denying even knowing Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at the transfiguration and saw the glory of the Lord. He preached an incredible sermon yeah. after Jesus's ascension, and it's recorded in Acts. It's good. Um, and he was eventually martyred for his faith. Mm-hmm. So Peter lived, like Aaron said, kind of this like back and forth life, but an incredible life. And yeah. that's that's just cool to think about that this man through the empowering of the Holy Spirit wrote this letter that that we have the privilege of reading today. Yeah. yeah. So, have you watched Chosen? I have not. Okay. Everybody like you were like the 10th person this week that well, asked me that. Well, I haven't watched all of them and here's here's my I'm okay. I've talked about this before. I can't watch scary things. I get I get too <laughs> I think they're too real. And so the Chosen is very very good at portraying the character of Jesus. Like not character as like character in a movie but like the attributes the person, the of, person Jesus. of Jesus yeah but it's not a hundred percent it doesn't a hundred percent follow exactly how the stories are written Kinda in the Bible they the add lips yeah which is fine I'm not saying anything I'm this is not a knock against the chosen 
personally for me, now I picture Peter as the character in the show. Yeah. And so I have a hard time sometimes yeah. with shows because I'm like, okay, now I'm picturing him as this handsome, like, suave guy with the nice hair. and the So I, I have to separate myself. So, yeah. <laughs> so growing up, and this is actually how, what the Lord used, like, to bring me to faith in him. Mm-hmm. We had a thing at our church every year called the Easter pageant. Mm -hmm. And it was the story of, you know, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But the man that played Peter in the Easter pageant, he played it for several years. Uh And so that's who I think of. When I hear Peter, like that is who's, face comes to mind but this is so, it's so funny this white point. this white dude, this white dude. like <laughs> yes well he wasn't old at the time okay, but okay. yes <laughs> but this is such a good point because this just shows like we come to god's word with our own individual lenses and experiences and that's why context is so helpful because we're probably not even aware that we're coming to the text with these that's so true preconceived notions about the authors or about the people that we're going to read about or about the audience yeah and so it is helpful for us to to recenter and the only reason i i say that and the only reason i even brought that up was i wasn't even going to make that point that we come to the text with the, <laughs> i mean that just that was Thank little you, Lord. extra nugget, Lord. Thank you, <laughs> but I think it's important for us to to remember that these are real people. Yes. Like Peter, mm-hmm. as we're reading, it's it's sometimes hard for us to relate to certain people as authors because mm-hmm. we, you know, Paul, yeah. we're like, yeah, this huge conversion story, and and so maybe we're it's hard for us to relate. But but Peter, I relate to very easily. Yeah, because I am a zero or a hundred person, and I feel like Peter. Mm-hmm was that way we see you know in different stories of scripture like when he gave that amazing sermon you know or when he cut off the ear but then the next moment was denying Jesus Mm. and but then yet it's so comforting for us to see them as real people and then see that God chose to use broken Mm -hmm. people and that God built his church on Peter like Peter is a an essential part of what yeah Jesus did when he was saying now we're going to go and tell the nations and Mm -hmm. and so I think one, it's good to remind ourselves that they're real, normal people. But two, just be encouraged that God uses broken things. Yes, yeah, for sure. And for so sure. the the details do matter on who he was and when he lives. But I think a bigger picture is for us to just be reminded that Jesus is in, is sovereign over all and chooses to invite mm-hmm. us in just like he chose to invite in Peter. That's what I've heard about the chosen. So many people have told me that it just brings a level of humanity mm-hmm. to to the these people yes um in scripture and so it is it does make it a little bit easier to relate to and yeah. remember oh, well my favorite like scene us. so far i haven't seen them all but my favorite scene is when he calls peter yeah it's i i've watched it with the girls because they'll want to watch it again because mm-hmm. it's just the scene is so powerful mm-hmm. and it's so good and yeah yeah mm-hmm. really Love encouraging it. So the audience, that's another thing that's important to know is, okay, who was Peter talking to? Mm -hmm. Some say mostly Jews. Some say mostly Gentiles. (laughs) I have read multiple (laughs) commentaries, and I've seen both. Do you have Mm -hmm. any thoughts on this? Nope. No? Okay. I think when we get to the first verse, I think that'll help us really understand the audience. It will. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Written, if you're a date person, probably somewhere between 60 and 68 A.D. It is an epistle or letter. It has a standard opening and conclusions and Mm -hmm. then doctrine and gospel implications interwoven throughout. And I love that. It kind of does go back and forth. I think some of the Pauline letters are a little more separated with Mm -hmm. that. It'll have like 
doctrine. First few chapters yes, here, implications yes. here. Yeah. And this goes kind of back and forth, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool because you see how it relates to each other um, closer in proximity. Yeah. With the verses. Within the yeah, yeah, within the text. Um, some themes are, like Aaron already mentioned, a theme actually is where are we in the big picture of the story of redemption. So we're in the already and not yet. Um, Like we said, this is where we continue to be in, in history. Yeah. And I think it's, that's one of the most helpful parts of the context of this, because when Peter, a lot of what he's talking about will be, you know, suffering and living as exiles and all of that. And so as we see these themes, it's reminding us that, this is where we are. This is where we are now right, too. Right. And so it's the it's the already and the not yet. So it's both an encouragement, but it's also a a relatability. Yeah. To mm-hmm. what Peter is talking about mm-hmm, for sure. Um, living in exile, like you mm-hmm. just said, and we'll talk about that more because that's addressed in verse one. Mm-hmm. The suffering of believers. My study Bible says um, this is the central exhortation of this entire epistle. It can be summed up as trust and obey. I started especially, that. I know trust <laughs> and obey, um, especially in the face of suffering, mm-hmm. um, which is hard, so mm-hmm. hard. I think that's that. I, I like having little like little tweetables if uh-huh. you will yeah. and so I think yeah. for me personally like as I continue through this study I'm going to keep viewing through the lens of trust, trust and, and obey, obey. trust yeah. and obey yeah, and good. maybe like even just like write it in my notebook mm-hmm. or write it on my hand or write it on my mirror with a dry erase mm-hmm. marker you know because I think it's just a, a good recentering of our mind yeah. like even each morning it's like I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to obey mm-hmm. and um, so I think that's really helpful mm-hmm. that you put that in there yeah I think another theme that we're going to see is that the gospel has implications for all areas mm-hmm. of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yes, for suffering. It's going to talk quite a bit about that, but it talks specifically about, you know, the home. It talks yeah. spe- about your, you know, society. It talks about marriage. Marriage. It talks about, you know, all different areas, uh, w- your work. Mm-hmm. And so a theme is that, like the gospel doesn't, like we talked about last mm-hmm. week, it's not just between me and God. It's the gospel affects every aspect, every aspect. of our lives. Yep. It's good. Okay, so I guess let's go ahead and dive into verse 1. It says, Peter, the apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles in the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. It may be helpful to know that we use the ESV Bible. Yep. Because sometimes the the wording might be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So where do you want to start here? I mean, we talked about, about let's Peter. D- let's dive into the word elect. Oh, let's just go <laughs> let's right just for go. it. Let's go. Let's go for it. Like we said, these first two verses are just packed full of doctrine. And mm-hmm. so we could spend a whole course just on what does is, what is elect mean? Yeah. Then we could talk about, okay, what does it mean to be exiles? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to kind of give a high overview of all of this. But the term elect should be a comfort to right. believers. Yeah. It should not be something that kind of pushes us away or scares us or, or that we think, oh, we can't talk about that. It should remind us of God's steadfast love. Um the doctrine of election is really, really tough. I think one of the things that it's important to remember when we're thinking about election is that we are not saved because of anything we do. We're not mm-hmm. saved um, by works. God does not choose us based on any sort of merit. And if you are following along um, in the PAO study or the study at, at our church, um, you will see that Natalie wrote some really good commentary on this, but I know a lot of you aren't necessarily, you don't, you might not have that study. So I'm actually going to read what she says about this because I think she sums it up 
way better than than I could. She says, this topic often begs the question, why would God choose some and not others? There is not enough room in this study to answer that question sufficiently, but suffice it to say that God chooses us and we choose him. Human responsibility and divine action are both realities that need to be held in tension. We have real choices and moral responsibility. And yet if God were to leave us to ourselves, we would remain dead in our sin, destined for eternal separation from him. God must initiate, awaken us, and reveal himself to us if we are to be saved, and we must respond to him in repentance, faith, and obedience. Furthermore, God is the sovereign king and can do, must do, as he pleases, wills, and sees fit. In justice, he owes no one salvation, but he is merciful and gracious, abounding in steadfast love, and he delights to draw us to himself and save us. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that was so good. Yeah. Like she has so much like packed into that because mm-hmm. there's this tension that's just... I don't know that my brain will right. ever be able to to truly right. grasp it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes it's helpful to read other translations with it. If you're walking through the study with us, you've done that this week, spent some time in different translations, mm-hmm. but um, off, sometimes it's said instead of to those who are elect, sometimes it says to God's elect. Sometimes it says chosen. Um, so just hearing different words, sometimes, sometimes maybe you have a stigma around a certain word. So, Chosen is another word that is often used in this mm-hmm. same context as translated from the original word could be chosen. And I think that's just kind of maybe disarms a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. But I think it is helpful for us to remember that he is writing here, like we said in the beginning, the audience, when we said, is it Jews? Is it Gentiles? Mm-hmm. The audience, he says very clearly, is to those who are elect exiles, yes. those who are God's elect, those mm-hmm. who are chosen exiles. Those who have faith in God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so who he's writing to is in, includes us. Right. Includes those of us even now um, who are chosen by God. Right. Which leads us to, even though when we read this, when we read the elect exiles of the dispersion Mm -hmm. we automatically go back to old testament and think when the israelites were dispersed Mm -hmm. when they were exiled but like aaron just alluded to this is um all believers he's talking about all of the elect not just the israelites that Mm -hmm. were exiled and so this exile that he's talking about isn't one I always say wandering, wandering. Mm-hmm. It's not the Israelites, you know, that we're wandering around. It is us. We're living in a world that's not our home. Yeah. And so we are technically exiles in this world today. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point that there's, I don't know if dichotomy is the right word. I but, think so. Or paradox or whatever. But if you have just those two words, elect exiles together, it's more of that, those mm, tensions tension. we were talking about, right? We see that in other places, like you said, God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. We see just how how can God be just and, and merciful, merciful and things like that. And but this one is really interesting to me because, like we said, another word for elect is chosen. Mm-hmm. But then when you think of exiles, you're thinking the unchosen, right? The people who were like cast out, cast out, of, yeah. aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's these. He's calling us and reminding us of our identity yeah. that we are chosen by God and we are not. We are not. You know, here in. We're chosen by God, but we're not in heaven yet. We're chosen by God, but we're living as exiles. We're living as, yeah, aliens, which almost seems as opposites. But it really defines our identity 
and our purpose. Mm -hmm. Our identity is that we are chosen by God. We are his beloved. We are his children. But our purpose is to continue to carry that love, to bring his kingdom, Mm -hmm. to share the good news while we are still here. So even in this first few words, we're given given an identity and we're given a purpose. Mm -hmm. We are chosen by God and we are chosen to carry out his mission here Mm -hmm. on earth as elect exiles. So... What are some ways that you feel like you experience being an exile or mm. like an alien here? Mm. Do you have anything? I'm kind of I'm kind of throwing this on you. Well, I think I think you can take this. Sometimes I think you could take this too far. Like I think people, you know, I don't think we face intense people persecution. are like super dramatic about yes. it. Yes, yeah. but I do think there there is a the longer I've been alive, it seems like there has been more and more of a shift to a post-Christian culture. And so there is a a more clear difference, I Mm -hmm. think, um, in feeling more of like an exile because of what I believe about marriage Mm -hmm. or because of what I believe about sexuality or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like there is more of a feeling of, I don't fit in here. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, This is not home. I feel, I feel that a lot when we're, disciplining our children. Mm. Um, there's a lot of times when I'm like, I'm the only one getting onto my child and there's 10 other kids doing the same thing and all Mm -hmm. their mommies and daddies are here too. And my kids are the only ones getting in trouble right now. Mm -hmm. Um, because we, we have that moral line. We have a biblical, um, guide as to how to discipline our children. And so that's what we use. And so sometimes that makes me feel like an exile, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just one like small example, but that's been very prominent in my life in this past season. So I think, yeah, I mean, it can go from like the the bigger things that we're seeing, like you said, like with marriage or like, Mm -hmm. um, sexuality and things like that all the way down to just putting your kid in time out for a few minutes and the other kid gets to just run and play yeah. free, you know? Yep. Um, so I yeah. think there's a lot of just little ways every day that, that we live different yeah. than the society around us doesn't make us better by any means. And I think it's easy to get, kind of get caught up in that and have that like holier than thou yeah. self-righteous attitude. It doesn't make us better. Um, but we are definitely different than the world around mm-hmm. us. And that's how we're supposed to be. Right. Sometimes I second guess and I'm my GC leader. Uh, our, that's what we call our small groups here at, at our church. Um, he said that last summer when I was really, really just struggling with, well, but this is what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Not even the secular world, even within mm-hmm. some of the churches. Um, and he was like, but Casey, sometimes that means you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes if the majority, if you're on the other side of the, if you're in the minority mm-hmm. of what people are doing, like sometimes that means it's the right thing mm-hmm. because this is not our home. And so I just keep telling myself that, like, even if I'm like questioning because, oh, this is what everybody else is doing. Like we are not supposed to be at home here. Yeah. This is not our home. Yeah. I think another way that might play out as like, what is it like to be an exile? I think is, is, um, how do I say it? Like how we spend our money. Oh yeah. How we spend yeah. our time. Yeah. And how we spend our money. For sure. Um, cause I think that's one way that we definitely feel like exiles if, if we're not trying to gain a mass amount of money, mm-hmm. you know, and framing success based off how many things I have or what yeah. I drive or things yeah. like that. Oh, but sure. really just 
living open-handedly and being generous and giving sacrificially when it's at a cost to me, mm-hmm. then that that's very different than mm-hmm. than the world. So that or yeah. choosing the job that doesn't make a lot of money because yeah. that's where the Lord has yep. led you, and yeah. that's you know, yep. yeah, that's a really good example. Yeah. So let's move on um, to the next part, which says according to the foreknowledge foreknowledge of God the Father. And I listened to a Sinclair Ferguson sermon, and he said, and then I heard this other places as well, but he said, foreknowing equals foreloving. So Mm -hmm. this foreknowledge is like a relational knowledge. Like I know you, Aaron, because we're, we're friends. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I know you because I love you and care about you. Um, and the way that they, one of the ways they know that this is what this means is because the same word is used in verse 20 for Jesus. Um, so the father foreknew the Mm -hmm. son, Mm -hmm. it's a relational knowing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And, and we've broken this down into little pieces, but that it says, according to the foreknowledge of God, the father in the sanctification of the spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ. And we broke it down because there's a lot in each of those things, but I think it makes sense. Like the foreknowledge relates to the sanctification Mm -hmm. and relates to the obedience. So sometimes it helps to kind of like read it all together and And not just on its own. But I do think I, I like what you're saying about foreknowledge being foreloving because we can sometimes think foreknowledge as like a scary thing. Like, Oh, he knows I'm already going to sin in this way. But reminding ourselves like all of that has been paid for by Jesus. Mm -hmm. Then foreknowledge does equal foreloving. Mm -hmm. And that should raise in us just an appreciation and a reminder of the gospel and just, you know, should cause us to worship. Mm -hmm. What is that Tim Keller quote? Do you know which one I'm talking about? You are more loved than you can ever wait you are more sinful than you could ever imagine but you are more loved than you could ever imagine yeah there's that one and then there's another one that's like um our biggest fear is not being known yes but our biggest uh like the biggest privilege is being known and being loved or something like that basically saying when someone knows you knows all your dirt but loves you anyway like that's the best yes you know and that's how it is with your very best friends and um, your spouse and it's that type of knowing that we're talking about here yeah um so Aaron mentioned the next part says in the sanctification of the spirit and I liked what my study bible said about that the close connection between the Father's electing love and the Spirit's work of applying redemption to the elect. This sanctification includes all of the Spirit's operations in setting sinners apart from sin, including regeneration and faith, and purifying them in God's service, progressive sanctification. So it's exactly like what Aaron said. There's that connection between the Father's electing love, his mm-hmm. foreknowing love, his foreloving, and the Spirit's work of applying that to our mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I don't necessarily, I mean, like, I, I feel like that explained it pretty well, but I think another way to just define sanctification is our growing Christ-likeness. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that's a little more simple. <laughs> it's just a little more succinct. Yeah. Because I think that's a big worry that sometimes will it catch is, us off and yeah. we're like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But I like how, um, the reason I liked what my note said is because it talked about that actual yeah. the regeneration and faith because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I think of sanctification only after that. I, I don't think of the actual like regeneration as being part of mm-hmm. the sanctification process. So I thought mm-hmm. that was 
a little bit of a different way of looking at it than I typically do. Do you think this part where it's saying, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ, do you think that's what he's saying, why he's writing this letter? Do you see what I'm saying? So he says, Peter, an apostle mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ, to, so that's the audience, and then it says, according. Or is he saying that we are elect exiles according to the foreknowledge? Do you see what I'm saying? I maybe think both. he maybe both. I would go with the second. Okay. I think initially, yeah. So you think he's the he's saying that we're elect exiles according to because of yeah and that's for how I, this uh-huh, and in this uh-huh, okay. yeah okay. yeah that's what I think. I think but. I think I think it's definitely that, but I it could it be could the other also two. be yeah that that's why he's writing this mm-hmm. yeah could be. So for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. That Talk can about that. sound kind of crazy. Talk about so that. Sprinkling of the blood. This is a reference to Old Testament sprinkling of the blood of an animal on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. So the Holy of Holies was the set apart space within the temple. Um, and so this was a symbol of blood covering our sins. So mm-hmm. back in the day when they did this in the temple, it was a, a symbol of these blood sacrifices, these animals animal's blood it was the covering of their sin it's how they atoned for their sin at the time but this was ultimately pointing us to Jesus spilling his blood not just Mm -hmm. sprinkling Mm -hmm. his blood but spilling his blood on the cross Mm -hmm. for our sins Mm -hmm. so that's what that's what all that's about that's what all that's about that's what all that's about and I think I mean one of the things we have to notice here is the Trinitarian absolutely you know I'm gonna bring that up because I'm about it but we see God the Father we see God the Spirit, and we see Jesus Christ, the Son, the Son as God the Son. Yep. And so I think throughout this text, we're going to continue to see Peter like sprinkle in these little nuggets. That if you're just like like we were saying, like that's why we want to study this way with inductive mm-hmm. observations. Inter- this is why we want to study in community because if you were to just open your Bible, the Holy Spirit could do anything. He could draw these to your attention. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But when we slow down. And when we do these observations and when we do these interpretations where we're looking for God, we're going to notice these things where we're going to see all three parts of the Trinity. Whereas if you were just reading it, not really exactly sure what you're doing, like just kind of reading, then you may read past these things and not pick up on, oh, I'm an elect exile. That means that doesn't just mean I'm left as an exile. And it doesn't just mean that I'm chosen. It means that I'm both. Both, I am chosen and I am an exile. Why? Well, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So studying this way helps us to pick up on these things. Yeah. And like we talked about last week, I mean, this is one of the things you can pull out an attribute of God. He's yep. Trinity. He's yep. three in one. Yep. Um, yeah. Important thing. That's good. So the last little bit, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So this is another place we could just really easily read over because it's, it's a greeting. It's a standard right? it's a greeting. Standard yeah. Intro yeah. to a letter. But, but, I was thinking this would be kind of a fun place to kind of think about like what what do we talk like that anymore? First of all, no. And now I'm not saying you have to now go to everybody and say, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. But like what would it look like for us to look at our lives in our spheres of influence, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our families? Like what would it look like for us to care in this way for others? Right. Like we're normally like, hey, what's Mm -hmm. up? How are you? But but Peter is like calling on them their identity, mm-hmm. reminding them of their purpose, telling them that they're elects exiles because of the mm-hmm. triune God. And then he says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. 
he's there's an intentionality and a genuineness to his greeting mm-hmm. that I think we could carry over into our conversations with people. So yeah. I'm not saying you have to every time you see someone remind them your identity is in Christ, but you live here on earth. You're in the already and the not yet because of God, for God, through God. And I'm not saying you have to do that, but I'm saying like, what would it look like for us to think about this and carry this into our conversations? Maybe, maybe it looks like when God puts somebody on your mind, like texting them and saying like, Hey, how is your time with the Lord this week? Like, can I pray for you? Can I remind you of your identity in God? Like, just be mindful maybe as you go about this week, like ask the spirit to look like, what would it look like for us to take this model that Peter has given us as far as intentionally communing mm-hmm. with people? And what would it look like for us to kind of live that out? I think when I think about the word peace, I think about like our attitude, mm. like living with this like um, humble and thankful spirit when you're talking to people. I told Jonathan the other day, I said, I think everybody in my life just complains about everything all the time. (laughs) It had just been one of those days where every single person I talked to, nobody was going through anything huge. Mm -hmm. It was all like little bitty things that people just like this small thing, like ruined this person's whole day. And Mm. then the next person was the same way. And then of course my kids were complaining. You know, it just was this constant like, grumbling and complaining so when I think of being graceful and peaceful I think of being content Mm. and um not complaining not Mm -hmm. grumbling and having like this positive attitude that like rubs off on people not where you're like annoying about it like Mm -hmm. everything's good and nothing's ever wrong like Mm -hmm. you don't want to be that way of course but just being content mm-hmm. and that like showing yeah. that something that's really been on my mind this mm-hmm. summer is just living this peaceful life, not pretending that everything's okay all the time, but truly just being at peace. Even when things don't go my way, even when the order's wrong at lunch, mm-hmm. even when um, the girls spill stuff all over the newly cleaned floor, like just being peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I thought when I saw that kind of like application point that you put there. I was like, yeah, like we have to be very intentional mm-hmm. about that grace and that peace. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I think it's a I think it's a good thing for all of us to think about. Yeah. All right. It. So what are we going to be talking about next week? We are going to go through cha- uh, not chapter mm-hmm. <laughs> verses three through twelve. Perfect. Talk next to you next week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.